And so it was a big day for the Chicago Bears that we're going to talk about here in a moment. But let's let's take an opportunity. All the Minnesota Viking fans have been running their mouths for the entirety of the season, trying to make us believe that there was going to be any other any other ending other than what we saw on what was it Saturday, Sunday. It was pathetic. Kirk Cousins doing what he does, finding a check down six yards short of the marker. KJ Osborne had one on one, had one on one coverage. Go check it out. Go check the next gen stats. Go watch the all 22s. Obviously, Justin, Je- you might as well have just thrown it to Justin Jefferson in triple coverage. At least that'll give you an opportunity. Going to Tyler, uh, TJ Hawkinson, I, it's the most Minnesota thing of all time. And if we talk about these teams, you know, looking to trade with the Bears. If there is a team that should be looking for a quarterback, I believe it's the Minnesota Vikings. But you know who doesn't need a quarterback? The Chicago Bears. Let's get into it. And, Sammy, let's start the show. Turn up your volume. Because you're about to listen to The Sick Podcast with Adam Ray. The Sickest Chicago Bears and Fantasy Football Podcast. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy. Sports entertainment like no other. It's going to be sick. Hey, it's Tuesday night. It's time for Take It to the Rank. A little delay getting started tonight. Of course, I was on total access. So if you do have the NFL Network, want to watch some of the replays over the course of the evening, be sure to check that out, of course, after uh, we get through this show, of course, and I'm joining us, as always, our co-host, Carmen Vitale. Carmen, how are you? How are you doing today? Uh, I'm good. It's the, the finality of all of the NFC North teams being the, – the NFC North is the first division to be out of the playoffs, ladies and gents. So I'm <laughs> the first one of my staff at Fox Sports to be done. <laughs> You're excited, season. though. You a little <laughs> bit excited, or are you bummed out that you don't have more football to cover? I mean, I like I had the Vikings won. They would have gone to San Francisco, and I think that that would have been a really fun game. Uh, I've never been to Levi's um, new candlestick, so like I was kind of looking forward to maybe going up there. Oh, uh, but it's okay. It's okay. Well, uh, and then I mean, I was bummed about my Buccaneers last night because I've become Ooh. just not a bastard fan of the team because of all the guys, and um, of course, I didn't like seeing them lose. So. That's okay. What do you think? But what do you like? And we mentioned this, you know, on Twitter. I mentioned this on Twitter. Are the Tampa Bay Buccaneers assuming Tom Brady is not going to be their quarterback? Would they blow up that team? Could we see guys like Mike Evans, Chris Godwin, some of these other pieces move on? Or what do you think happens? What's next for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers? Yeah, I don't think that they're really going to blow up like the team. team. They're the thing is though, they're not going to be able to keep everybody as is. Like, I don't think I think the magic is running out as far as like what they can do. <laughs> Um, because they've leveraged so much of the past few years against the future and the future is now. So they're going to have to make some tough decisions as it is. But that being said, I mean, I don't think that they're going to start from scratch either. Uh, it's going to be really difficult though, because they don't, they are not in position to be able to take a quarterback this year in the draft, unless they give up some hefty capital, which they're probably going to need because they're already in cap hell. Um, there, I like, I'm going to be very interested to see what they end up doing this off season because uh, if, if Tom doesn't come back, they don't really have a really good succession plan. I, I don't, I don't know if Kyle Trask has developed the way that they want him to. Um, but I mean, the only time will tell with that because he hasn't ever really had any live reps either. Um, and uh, Blaine Gabbard, I think is best suited as a backup. 
So we'll see. We'll see. Yeah. I'm, I don't envy their front office right now. Uh, those guys are really, really good at what they do, and they're going to be put to the test this offseason. I look at teams like the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, and I look at the LA Rams, and you know what? If you if you go all in for a Super Bowl, I think that's a that's fine. I have no problem with that at all. Oh, I think those guys would do it over and over again. Hundred percent. Like it, it's hard to win a Super Bowl. I think people uh, keep I, Bears fans should know as well as anybody how difficult <laughs> that is. Which is why today on Tuesday it was so fun uh, watching the introductory press conference for for Kevin Warren. Now, obviously, I got. The one day I get called into the network in the off season, come in. I do Fridays now. You can catch me on Total Access on Fridays. I do the Monday night post game show, and of course the Monday night games are over. So I'm a one day a week guy. There, I can he come in on Tuesday? I knew, like, of course we have take it to the rank, but we also had the big news with with Kevin Warren and his introductory press conference. I do want to go through a couple of little notes, um, things that I noticed, like right off the bat. I think for the first time since perhaps. George Hallis was running the organization that we have football guys like every or football people. I don't want to make this a, but like there's football people like everywhere. I love the McCaskies. I love Virginia. I love the whole McCaskey family. I think they're great. They're football royalty as far as I'm concerned, but it is good. Like Phillips was a, you know, he, I, I have no problem with Ted Phillips, but at the same time, like it, there's a little bit, it's a little bit different when you get in, like NFL, like football people to, to go and, and run through your, your football opera operations. So I really love that. We do have, uh, to me, the, the two biggest takeaways, it was all about building. And for me, number one, it's a building in the literal sense. Uh, it feels like Kevin Warren is here to build a stadium in Arlington Heights. And I don't think that we should dance around that. That's going to happen. I know that you love having the stadium on the waterfront. I think in a perfect world, that's exactly what you would want, but given the fact that the Bears don't own that land and can't really develop it, I think for long-term uh, viability, they have to build their own stadium. And it also sounded like they're going to be building around Justin Fields. And as a matter of fact, let's take a listen to what Kevin Warren said about Justin Fields today. Um, I'll say this. If I had been in the Big Ten at that time, um, I would have done the same thing. And what that told me about Justin is he's passionate. And if, if it now my whole goal was trying to keep players safe. Uh, I appreciated him uh, to be able to take that leadership role. So I was ecstatic. I called him on draft. Day. I was ecstatic when he got drafted by the Bears, because that's what you need from a leadership standpoint. But I have a, a strong personal relationship you know, with him. He's talented. Uh, he's a leader. I love this passion. I would have been the same way of being able to do it. Interestingly enough, I've only been to one game in Minnesota since I left in 2019. I was at, in Minnesota for some meetings, and it was the weekend that the Bears were playing. And so I actually went to the game and went into the to locker room to say hello to Justin and a lot of our Big Ten folks, Riley Reef and Trevor Simeon, and, and just to be able to go uh, to say hello. But I have the greatest amount of respect for him you know, because I know he's going to do everything he possibly can with the talent that he has uh, to be a leader, and he wants to win championships. So I take it as a comment. Those are the people that I want because if someone was not upset about playing, then I really would, would be concerned because I know if I was in the Big Ten and someone did what I did, yeah, I would have led a revolt uh, to be able to play because that's how passionate I was, you know, to take advantage of it. So. Carmen, what did you make of the press conference? What were your your takeaways from from Kevin Warren today? 
Yeah, I mean, it's interesting that there was so much of a football focus too, um, because that's not something that I'm super familiar with where like the team president, because the, the way the Bears are structured, um, you know, I've learned through this process is that he is over the GM and the GM does report to him. Uh, that's not something that I'm super familiar with, but it's good that he has that familiarity. Um, and I mean, he's very, very passionate about the game, but also, you know, from his time in Minnesota, he was the guy that helped build them that U.S. Bank Stadium. And it happens to be one of my best, like favorite stadiums in the league. Yeah. I love going up there. I think the atmosphere is great. The building itself is gorgeous. Um, it's just revamped the entire downtown area of Minneapolis, too. Um, and I just that to me stuck out with like his just the way that, you know, he talked about. I'm here to, I'm, not only is he here to like build a stadium, but he's here to make sure that that translates to the football side of everything and that they use resources for the football side to help them win championships and, you know, build sustained success. And I think that that was very in line with what we've heard from Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus and all that kind of stuff. So these guys, they all seem like, you know, cut from the same cloth, which is kind of what I got from it. Yeah, it was funny because I think it was George McCaskey who mentioned that, hey, the U.S. Bank Stadium came in on time, under budget, which were things that obviously we'll sing to the the, the, the McCaskey family. It wasn't fine. <laughs> I, I, I just really like it. The, the one thing that I, I, again, that whenever I see something, I, and, and I mentioned this last night talking about like, hey, could the Bears bring in Mike Evans or whatever? And people being like, well, the cheap ass bears are not going to be doing any such things. I'm like, I think that era is over. I think that this family understands what is, what it takes to be a part of the NFL right now. And number one is building your own facility and finding other revenue streams that helps keep you competitive, which allows you to keep the fa- the, the, the team in the family. You know, that is right. what, that is what is necessary. Like I don't, otherwise they run into a situation where it's like, ah, we got to bring in an equity partner or something like similar to like the Spanos family, like they could not make it work in San Diego and they had to go. And now they share a stadium in Los Angeles where they are never going to be the top dog. Probably not going to be the top dog. I won't, I won't rule it out because Justin Herbert is very popular out here, but I think the McCaskies have done everything. I love it. I just love every move. And it feels like going back to draft night, moving up to take Justin Fields, regardless of the fact that we have the number one overall draft pick, which I guess you could say is a boon in and of itself. It feels like the bears now just continue to make correct moves after correct moves. And, you know, I, I, I just applaud everything that's going on. I felt hype watching that. I was ready to run through a wall. Yeah, no. And I mean, I think that he, like I said, I, he understands, he comes in with a track record. And that's the the big thing here too, is that he has tangible things that he can show for what he did for other organizations and how that in turn helped all facets of the organization. Uh, And I think when he, so when he says, listen, I need this, I need this, I need this, I'm going to need this much money and it's going to turn, it's going to take this, this, and this, like ownership is going to listen to that because he's done it before um, as opposed to someone that maybe hasn't, you know, it, like, I think you see this a lot with first time head coaches where first time head coaches that co- or co- coaches that come in with a track record kind of get what they want a little bit easier than first time head coaches. Cause they're still navigating and kind of figuring that out, that part out. And of course, ownership is going to try and save money and, and, and do all that kind of stuff. But when you say you outline a specific plan and you say, this is how we did it before. And you see the body of work that he did. And, and again, how magnificent that stadium is. And just 
how it boosted the entire city of Minneapolis. Not and like and also you know benefited ownership and created more revenue and all that kind of stuff. Like you can't argue with that. And that's why I think that he just comes like that's what's going to kind of change the trajectory of what this franchise is doing. And I agree with you. I think it's all going in the right direction. Absolutely. I'm excited the next time to go to Minnesota because I was there for the Super Bowl a couple of years ago and you saw the shells of things being built that you sure. knew eventually there was going to be a village around the stadium and it was going to lead because yeah. downtown Minneapolis is like one, they got one main, I mean, there's, it's a big downtown, but there's like one main drag that you kind of go off to go to the stadium. And so I'm interested to see that. And I think eventually in Chicago or the greater Chicagoland area, you're going to have an area around Arlington Heights that's going to be built around this stadium, similar to what we do right here in Los Angeles, like Los Angeles adjacent. We're in Inglewood. You can right. see downtown LA in the distance and things are being built around that. And I think eventually that's what we're going to see out there. Yeah. And I think that's why Kevin Warren wanted to come in and take this job. Let's take a listen of why he chose or wanted to join the Chicago Bears. Many people have asked me, why the Bears? Why this time? It's because of the the challenge, the opportunity. I trust Ryan, I trust Coach Matt, that we're gonna do things the right way. We're not gonna take shortcuts. We're gonna build an incredible franchise. I came here to win championships, to win the NFC North, to win the NFC, <laughs> to win the Super Bowl to help shepherd and lead a stadium development project, to embrace our alumni, to embrace our history and tradition, and to embrace the absolutely incredible Chicago Bear fans. That's why I'm here. We will continue to do it the right way. We will work hard. We will have fun. We will be diligent. We will be detailed. We will be methodical. We'll operate with integrity and honor at every step of the way. This is a special time in the NFL, but most of all, it's a special time for the Chicago Bears. Everything's ahead of us. Greatness is ahead of us. All we need to do now is go and grasp it. Put in the time, energy, and effort. This is the best NFL football city in the country. We have the best ownership, phenomenal leadership, good, young, talented players, the best fans, phenomenal alumni, 30 people in the Pro Football Hall of Fame. It's all here. And I am so excited. I'm honored. I'm humbled to be able to come to work here each and every day. Am I a sucker? Cause I, I believe everything that he said, <laughs> like I'm ready. Like I, again, I get the goose pimples again. Like I'm thrilled that this is, this is part of our organization and this is part of, cause I agree with a lot of what he says. I mean, biased, like very biased in my assessment, but like <laughs> a lot of that stuff. You biased? That doesn't sound right, Adam. That but really a, lot of that, a lot of that stuff rings true. Like if I, if you're sitting there, and you're the new CEO or, G or president of the Atlanta Falcons. I'm not going to sit there and be like, this is such a great, like great history. Great. Like a lot of that stuff doesn't track. 
I think everything yeah. that he talks about for the Bears definitely does track. Yeah, and I mean, again, he's been – this is his third team in the division, so he's very familiar with the tradition of this division in general. He's been at the Big Ten, which Big Ten is headquartered in Chicago, so he has is very familiar with the Bears' influence. Uh, in the city and obviously I mean it that's what the Bears I feel like that's the draw of the Bears and that's why this fan base is just so proud still because they're the founding franchise of the NFL the NFL wouldn't be here if it wasn't for the Chicago Bears and like to lean into that is exactly what he should be doing Um, and I think he's very smart when it comes to that but like I said him being so football forward and talking so much about the team itself because like team presidents also I mean of a, a huge part of their job is presiding over marketing and ticket mm-hmm. sales and all of the business aspects of a team. And a lot of times those two parts of an organization are so siloed and you don't often see this kind of cooperation where these, where football is always put first necessarily, especially when a team isn't winning um, because you, you want to try and make up, you know, for, you don't, you want to insulate against any of the results on the field because of that goes up and down. You don't want your sales to go up and down, your revenue to go up and down, all that other stuff. But I just thought it was really interesting how he was so football forward and the cooperation between the two sides. And so I think it's going to be felt on the football side then too, even though he's the team president and in charge of a lot of the business operations too. But again, like Chicago is a football forward place. It's a football first place. It's a football town. Um, And I think he's saying, and you know, He's, he's, he's saying everything right, though. Like, this is what you need in an introductory press conference. Oh. It isn't his first rodeo either. Like, he's, he was commissioner of the Big Ten. Like, he knows how to public speak. He knows, you know, he's a good public speaker and stuff like that, too. So you're, but you're not a sucker. I think he's leaning into the right things, and I think that he has a good pulse on what this team is about and, and how to move forward with it. It is true. I know that you do have to check a bunch of boxes whenever you're doing one of these things. But, again, I go back to that. Even with the Carolina Panthers, who like I, I like the Carolina Panthers. I like that organization. I like the Falcons, but it's like you don't have the fan base. Like I like that stuff does ring right. true because as much as as much success as Chicago has had recently, like you think about the Jordan era that begat the you know the Blackhawks had a great run. The Cubs and White Sox have both won World Series within the last twenty years. But the next the next time the Bears win the Super Bowl. That is going to be the most bananas party of all time. It's going to make the Cubs celebration look like the opening of a food for less. Like it's just not going to compare (laughs) and it's going to be crazy and it's going to be a parade. Hopefully maybe they'll still be playing in soldier field. Maybe we'll be in the next couple of years. So hopefully, uh, so I love, I love what he's getting Mm -hmm. at and I love everything that he's talking about. And so uh, it's great to have him there. I think we're, there's a great, it's a great time to be a fan of the the Chicago bears. And it's also a great time to continue to play fantasy football. That's right. Just because we're in the playoffs, that that does not mean that we're done playing fantasy sports. Now underdog fantasy is the very best way to play fantasy football. You can go to underdogfantasy.com or better yet, download the app, use the promo code sick and your initial deposit will be matched up to $100. So you put in hundred bucks, they'll match it for hundred bucks. If it's 25, you're not getting 100 bucks. You're just getting 25. But still, it is a great app to have on your phone. You keep up with all the news and notes and everything that's going on with the NFL. But to me, it is the best way to play fantasy sports. I got one of my friends the other day to sign up. He switched. He was on He was on with one of their competitors. And I go, have you not played underdog fantasy yet? So he signed up. Could not have been more thrilled. Had the uh, had the Dalton Schultz and anytime touchdown 
last Ooh. night. Like, there's a lot. Yeah, he was doing. Listen. He won that twice over. <laughs> right? So there's a lot of cool stuff. So it's fun. This is going to be probably the best weekend of football as well. There was some pretty cool stuff on Super Wild Card weekend, but I think this weekend is traditionally the best time to watch football. We have four great games. This was when I would usually go out with my friends to Las Vegas because it was a fun time. You knew you were getting four bangers. And last year especially was the greatest of all time. And hopefully uh, hopefully the Chicago Bears <laughs> will be there soon. But a little bit of good news. Ian Cunningham is not going to the Tennessee Titans. That news broke recently. Yeah. Rand Carthon, the son of Maurice Carthon, the former New York Giant, uh, ended up getting that gig. So is it are we still are we out of the woods yet with Ian Cunningham or are there other jobs that he could be up for? Yeah, I don't know that you're necessarily out of the woods because I think he was on the radar of quite a few others. And he's a widely considered, I think, one of the best and brightest. Uh, and it's it's a matter of when, not if, uh, for Ian. But, I mean, as long as the Bears can hold on to him, the better. Uh, he's got, a, obviously, a really good working relationship with Ryan Poles. I mean, they go, they go back multiple teams, um, you know, that they work together. So the, I, I'm just, I'm glad that Chicago gets to retain him for now. And I hope that, I hope that we are out of the woods. I'm not totally sure. I hope for this season. I, I think it's inevitable. And Ryan right. Poles talked about this, like, you know, you're never going to want to thwart somebody and their opportunity to advance in this industry. So I'm happy for him eventually when he does get a job, but selfishly, we want those third round comp picks. That is another thing. Cause you heard about like when Rand Carthon, cause like Mark Garofolo was reading the report on total access today. He's like, Oh, the four, the 49ers get third round picks for him. And you're like, this is not fair. This isn't, yeah. but you know, it also, you know, who knows? There's like a, it means there's, there's, more there's a plenty of capital this year. They don't, they're not hurting yet. So maybe, maybe next year. We listen, <laughs> we, we will probably have additional picks. Cause you know, it yeah. still seems likely that the Chicago bears are going to end up trading that first overall pick. I don't know that we got to say um, the one thing that I did get out of that press conference today is that Justin Fields is the guy. So there's no, I understand they're kind of positioning themselves like, yeah, we'll look around, but it's like, all right, Justin Fields is the guy. It's all about building around him. I love that. One of the ways to build around him was making sure that the run game looks pretty good. It's sounding positive about David Montgomery possibly returning to the Chicago Bears. What have you heard about David Montgomery? Yeah, I mean, I think that's one of the things too, where he was just kind of, he was one of those cornerstone guys for the offense. You could always count on him. And he's a vet. And like in a team that's so young, I feel like you want to hold on to some of these veterans on either side of the ball just to kind of usher in uh, the new ones. And I mean, the run game, I feel like, yes, Justin Fields can run and we've seen that, but he also said, he doesn't want to rush for a thousand yards every season. So you're still going to need a viable and true number one back. And that's what David Montgomery is. And he's familiar with the system. He's beloved by Chicago. He likes being here. He's a, you know, a multi-purpose back. Um, he's everything that you want. And I just, I, I don't know. I think we've talked about it too, where like, I don't think that you're paying running backs a ton of money yeah. anyway. And like the bears can afford it. So like, why not keep him? Um, I don't think it's going to cost that much to, to keep him. And I think that, you know, again, he can provide some stability with what is sure to be a massive roster turnover. No, absolutely. And I feel like even if it costs a couple of extra bucks, like there's sometimes like when you're out at a restaurant, you're at a place or you like one of your local hangs and you're over tipping your bartender, like that's fine. Like this is the place you come all the time. I would rather play a little bit more 
pay a little bit more for Justin or Justin Fields when that happens. But of course, David <laughs> Montgomery, uh, if it does mean that he stays with the team, I think what we'll see with like teams like the Las Vegas Raiders, they're going to overpay to keep Josh Jacobs, which is fair. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't think Saquon Barkley ends up getting out of New York. I think they've got some interesting, uh, they got some interesting uh, decisions to be made there. Of course, after their, you know, they, they've got a, they got a hell of an opportunity this week too to, to knock off the Philadelphia mm-hmm. Eagles. So we could see, you know, not a lot of great options out there. It could open up the market a little bit more for David Montgomery to take away Josh Jacobs and Saquon Barkley. But I think ultimately I'm going to predict that he ends up staying with the Chicago Bears. Now, I know a lot of you are, you have questions. We want to get to those. So, Sammy, if you've got some queued up, we can uh, go ahead. Lo- love listening to – oh, sorry. <laughs> if Brady finally retires – uh yeah this is something we talked about do you see Tampa Bay doing a fire yeah. sale what do you think Godwin Evans let's make it happen yeah I, like I said I don't think it's going to be a fire sale but at the same time regardless of what Brady does you're not going to be able to keep everybody because like right now Tom isn't your salary cap issue he's like the 18th like highest paid quarterback or something like yeah. that like he's he's not terribly well paid and he's always done that by design so that he allows the teams he's on to have a little bit more cap flexibility. And I, so I don't see them doing a fire sale either way, but I also don't know that they can keep the team intact just because of the salary cap hell that they're in. And the fact that they have void years to atone for from contracts passed. Um, and I like, if anything, I don't know that Mike would move. Um, or they would move Mike just, he's like, I mean, both the him and Godwin are, are kind of homegrown guys, but, yeah. um, I don't know. I think Godwin is probably, he's also kind of, he would have the opportunity to be a number one receiver elsewhere. Like Mike Evans, because he was there before Chris is just the de facto number one. Mm-hmm. Um, and I just think that, you know, and Chris's skill set kind of is, is different than Mike's and it, it's, it's more wide ranging than Mike's. Um, Mike can do so many things so well, but Chris, like I said, I, I've gone on and on about how much I love what Chris can do and how he goes about his preparation and how he takes care of his body. And then just the fact that he can run every single route well, and he makes those really tough catches. He sacrifices his body constantly, uh, sometimes to his detriment because he's had to fight through some injuries, but he's incredibly tough. He takes care of himself incredibly well. Um, and he could be that true number one receiver elsewhere. So I think that that's, probably a draw for him more than anything else would be the chance to be that guy. And he could be that guy for the bears. Would there be an, a situation where like, could Tampa Bay go be in the, I don't know, Derek Carr market or something like that and try to bring in a veteran stopgap? or cause to me, I feel like they're at a crossroads where it's either like, go for it, like try to bring in Derek Carr and see if he can give it a go or else it's like, get rid of everybody and start over and just take your medicine right now. Yeah. I mean, like I said, I don't know, like, how much is Derek Carr going to want? And is he going to have other suitors that are willing to pay him more? Like they don't have a lot of money to spend and they're going to have to, I think, build a little bit more through the draft. They are also an aging team as it is. Yeah. So, I mean, I think it does lend itself more to if Tom either retires or goes to another team that you would want to kind of reset a little bit more and, and, and lean on your young guys as kind of the veteran, more of the veterans kind of phase out, but they're, they are, they're at a crossroads. Like I said at the top of the show, I do not envy that front office trying to figure out how to build this team. Um, I think there's going to be staffing changes to the coaching staff. 
coming, um, you know, coming up shortly. And so there's going to be a lot of movement from that regard. Uh, and I, so to match that, maybe you do move a lot of guys personnel wise and you just kind of reset and, and retool and figure things out. Cause I don't know if they're really set up to keep winning. That is our selfish outlook on all this is like, Oh, all these teams should tear it down and go after it. I mean, they could easily, not easily. You're like, Oh, Lamar Jackson could possibly be on the move too. So it's like, yeah. We want to, it's, it'll be interesting to see what happens. There's so much opportunity out there. So, but you know, and how many teams do. do you really see enter like a full rebuild every year? Like, I feel like there's like one or two, yeah. but like you never really, you don't very often get these teams that just be like, all right, we're stripping it all down. Like the bears just did. Yeah. Um, but like, you know, the bears did that, the Jets did that a couple of years ago. Um, but you don't see that very often, especially with a, team that is maybe a little bit older and is trying to get the most out of the veterans while they still have them. I think it's a way to go. I I, honestly, like I, you know, it's working Mm -hmm. out well for the bears. They got their quarterback. You're like, okay, we got our quarterback. It didn't matter how many games we really won this season. It was disappointing to watch all the losses, but at the same time, you're like, we got our quarterback. So it's kind of cool. And then we got these assets and now we're going to fully go in and rebuild. If I was a team. And again, I'm doing this as a selfish point of view. But like any one of these teams, especially like with Caleb Williams possibly being available in 2024, if I was the Saints or if I was one of those teams, I'd be like, yeah, let's get rid of everybody. Like, let's just every high price person, like, let's bite the bullet and be that team that's like, okay, now we have $120 in salary cap room the following season, even though we ended up winning three games. So it'll be interesting to see if there are other teams who will start to follow this model, especially considering how successful the Jets – I mean, the Jets were successful this season. I think if Mike White didn't get hurt, that team was going to be in the playoffs. I think the Bears are going to be very successful next year. And I think the Lions have done a nice job of building their roster as well. And they got rid of Matt Ryan, and obviously that netted them a bunch of picks, but it also did help them out. All right, do we have any other questions, though? Uh, SC, if not the Texans or Colts, assume Ryan Poles is okay with just getting the best haul he can, then what do you see – Further down the board, looking to uh, a team looking to trade up, and what would that trade look like? That's a pretty good question. Who are some of the other mm-hmm. suitors? Do you think would be going for a quarterback? I think the Raiders at seven could be an interesting team for sure. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I think that they're absolutely because, like, again, you have the Tom Brady rumors and all that, but I don't think that Tom wants to go to the Raiders. They're they're too far off. Like, yeah, it's not a it's not a turnkey situation for him. Um, so I, I think that that's kind of a pipe dream is for the Raiders to get Tom. And so I think that they would be better off taking a young guy in the draft. Even, I mean, the Titans, like, I just, I can't think that they think Malik Willis is the future and, you know, Ryan Tannehill, he had his injury issues. You don't know what's going to happen with him. Like tight, like the, could the Titans move up? I, I think so. Yeah. Um, I, it would cost him a lot, but Hey, the more, <laughs> If we're talking dream scenarios here where you get a t- like a huge haul, uh, I mean, the last time, like I said, I, I, you know, I did a whole thing that the last time the number one pick was traded was in 2016 and it was Jared Goff and it was the Rams trading up from 16 to pick mm-hmm. him. And like that return, I mean, that's why, like, it's just, it's, it, it was an insane domino effect and a huge haul. And that was the largest uh, team or, you know, a, a, the most a team had traded up um they, you know in NFL history for the for the number one pick so I think that that could be in play again and I think the further down a team 
wants to trade, obviously, the more you're going to get. So that's going to be a really attractive trade offer from, from teams down the line. Yeah, I don't want to besmirch Sam Darnold because I'm still a fan of him and uh, hope that he can come in and uh, play. But I think, you know, Carolina's in a situation right now where they're going to have a new head yeah. coach. And the new head coach might come in and be like, listen, I don't want to, like, no disrespect to Sam Darnold, but I want to start in with my own guy. Carolina is very interesting because they're still a, a top 10 pick. They're picking at number nine. Those are, they're nine, yeah. And they're the, they're the kind of team, because of all the seconds that they got from the 49ers for the Christian McCaffrey trade, they have that to move. But when you're further down the board, now if you're trading with Houston, it's difficult to get multiple first-round picks out of them because, like, well, you're getting the number two pick. So you're not moving that far down the board, which is cool, picking up a little bit of extra draft capital. Maybe you can go in there and get uh, Brandon Cooks or something. I forget. I would expect it to be Nico or anything like that. But, okay, so, like, and four, even Indianapolis would probably be a little bit more to pay a print. Like, if you could get Indianapolis to really bite in because they're afraid of Houston getting Bryce Young, like, that's the ideal situation. But realistically, you look at Carolina – that's the kind of team that makes a deal where it's the first, a couple of seconds this year, or at least a second this year, but then you get a first-round pick next year and perhaps the year after where you get three yeah. first-round picks. And if Carolina ends up being terrible the following year, you might end up with a – like the Lions did this year where you end up with a, a, a good team that's competitive and you yeah. also have a top-five pick. So you've got yeah. everything working for you. Yeah. Um, I think that's a I think that might be one that we need to focus in on like this could be a plausible situation. Again, I don't want anything ill of Sam Darnold, but I think that, you know, the writing's probably on the raw that a new coach I mean, was probably- Yeah, they went out and got Baker Mayfield because they didn't have, they didn't trust Sam Darnold either. So like I don't think that they necessarily think he's the answer. They've just I mean that's been a rotating mess uh, at quarterback too. And for that matter, I mean, do you really do we really think that Mike White is the future of the New York Jets? Yeah, I'm not a um, hundred. I'm not a hundred. Honestly, I'm not a hundred percent convinced, but I know that other people might be. So yeah, yeah. So yeah, I'm not like I think that there's a lot of interesting scenarios, and I mean, if you do end up with that Carolina pick at number nine, you could still get a guy like. Peter Skaronsky. I was and just going to say, I let you, I I let you do that. No, no, no. I let you take that one because I was, I didn't want to take your thunder. By the oh, way, there's yeah. been people, there's been people online who are like, oh, I don't think he projects very. I'm like, oh my God. I'm not going to sit. I don't want to hear it. I don't, I know. I do not want to hear it. I don't want to, I, I recognize that Northwestern was not good, but yeah. one man alone cannot block every single defensive lineman from getting to a quarterback. And like, he just he he's so technically sound already and he's football IQ is just it's it's great and then obviously his you know he went to Northwestern smart yeah. guy um but no I mean like though that's also a program that emphasizes the trenches and there have been you know really good um I mean like look, look at Dean Lowry what he's been able to do with the Packers I mean he's had a very long career already as a defensive lineman for the Packers like they produce really good guys in the trenches and they're smart, and I really, I just, I really like Peter Skronsky. So stop talking. Like, yeah, he's gonna be, he's gonna be good. He's gonna be really good. And I would yeah. love it if the Bears would take him. Um, I would, but yeah, I mean, I'm not in the top five. Like, don't get me wrong. No, no, no. But For top, nine, top ten, yeah, at nine, I, I think that's a perfectly reasonable place. Yeah, that's exactly where we would want to get him. By the way, you can uh, make sure that you can take our 
Chicago Bears history quiz. Uh, it's right here in the YouTube description, or you can follow us on Twitter at Sick Podcast, uh, Sick Pod Adam Rank. Sorry, uh, Sick Pod Adam Rank, or of course, just go to the YouTube page in the description. Uh, find it out. And of course, if you're listening to us as a podcast, uh, come find the YouTube page, subscribe to the YouTube page, come take the quiz, have a good time. We'll start pumping more of this stuff out into our community pages. Going to be a little bit more diligent about building that up as well. So we appreciate everybody who I was shocked. You know, I put a poll up on the uh, community page. We got a ton of votes and I'm like, oh my gosh. So this is something that I've been neglecting. So I will be uh, more <laughs> diligent about getting, uh, being more active in the community here on our YouTube page and appreciate everybody who's subscribed already and appreciate everybody who is here waiting patiently. Do we have another question though, Sammy? I want to make sure that we get a couple of more. Uh, Lamar will, what am I saying? Throw, Throw a, a wrench. wrench. Throw a wrench. There it is. The Throw a wrench. You know what, Steven? Steve, we're, we're close. I feel that he is. Like that is going to be a situation that's going to unfold, but what I do believe with teams like the Indianapolis Colts, they've done the veteran quarterback thing so much that they're ready for their own guy. And remember, you got to pay Lamar Jackson all that money. Like this is why I love guaranteed too. Like guaranteed money, yeah. Yeah. That's that's the big thing with him and like, you know, he doesn't have an agent. So like this is his asking price. And I don't think that there are many, if any, teams that want to pony up that much money guaranteed. Yeah. And, like, I mean, this is a guy who the Ravens sorely missed after he got injured. He is a league MVP. He's the only MVP that the Ravens have ever had. And they're still not willing to put up that money for him guaranteed. Mm -hmm. So, like, if they're not willing to do that, when, again, their offense goes as Lamar goes, um, and he's been such an integral part of their success recently with as stable of a franchise as they are. Like they're, I feel like they're a model franchise in a lot of ways. Like they do yeah. things correct. They do things right. Mm -hmm. And that sets the tone and precedent across the league. And so if they, with the, with the level heads that they have are like, no, that's not good business for us. We can't guarantee you $250 million. Then like, what other team is really going to do that uh, as desperate as these teams have gotten. So yeah, I don't, yeah. Well, and I think that <laughs> I'm sure that there have been some conversations that none of us will ever be privy to about, you know, how much that screwed over uh, a lot of the expectations of some of these guys. And listen, I am all for players getting guaranteed money, hundred percent. but um, you have to look at what's realistic and it's that it's not good business for these teams to be guaranteeing that much money because it's it's a violent sport. It's a hundred percent injury rate. Everyone gets injured at some point. Um, that 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 doesn't make any sense for them to do. But it's, yeah, it's a sad yeah, and it's it's disappointing. Yeah, it's a sad it's a, yeah, it's a sad reality. It's a sad reality. It's like you could never get restaurants. Imagine if they tried to pass a law where they say, hey, restaurants can no longer require or, or ask you to leave gratuities to your waiter, which they shouldn't. Like you should, Applebee's should have to pick up, you pay your employees. You know what I'm saying? Right. But like right. it would never happen. Like they would never go for it. Like, yeah. like that's just something that's never going to happen. So it's like, I don't agree with it. Like, I don't agree. No. Like, I wish you were paid more. I still tip. I don't agree with, I don't agree with the principle of it, but I still right. do it. 
And I think that's the way NFL teams are like, yeah, we understand where you guys are coming from. None of you are getting guaranteed money. And it's just, no, it's ridiculous. And it sucks. And I wish there was some other sort of comp, which is why like anytime, like the players are getting more and more demands of like less time practicing and all that stuff. Like, yeah, like, you know what you want to like, yeah, these are the concessions that you have to make. So yeah. And if you're upset that we don't have enough OTAs, like, okay, well then give them guaranteed money pay them regardless if they get hurt in OTAs and then maybe we could figure it out that way. But I don't see that happening anytime soon. So for Lamar Jackson, it'll be interesting to see where he ends up. Like he's a guy like legitimately, if you talk about the Raiders taking a swing on a quarterback, not being Tom Brady, if Tom Brady wants to go to a more ready team like San Francisco or Miami, I think maybe the Raiders get into the mix, but that's, that's just one team though. Again, Mm -hmm. I think the teams like Carolina, especially with Carolina, and in, I think Indianapolis fits this mold as well. Is you want to you want to be able to control that quarterback? Like you want to be able to have that five years of cost control, build everything up around him. Especially Carolina, like Carolina's defense, sort of good. Like oh it, yeah, it, it's pretty close. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like you're better yeah. off. Like look, draft a quarterback, do your thing, let him develop, build that defense, play the strong running game, and they're almost to the point too. Like. Obviously, they you would rather have Christian McCaffrey than Deontay Foreman, but Deontay Foreman ran pretty well. Chuba Hubbard ran pretty well. Even the third guy was scoring a touchdown the last time they they played a game against. I think it was the Saint or it was the Falcons. Falcons, I think it was. But in any event, um, it will hurt a little bit. But I think that the Bears will still find a robust market for that number one overall pick. And let's do it. Let's do another question. Let's do one more. Uh, what are the Bears' biggest needs this offseason? Thank you so much, Bob. For asking the question you know what a lot of it is going to come down to the lines we got our trench girl right here she knows <laughs> this is why we're talking about you know uh peter skronska and uh the offensive line the defensive line i think it's the lines yeah. is the biggest news. yeah yeah i mean i think in that ideal scenario where the colts trade up to the number one pick and you get the number four pick uh you end up with jalen carter that's actually yeah. like my mock draft on fox sports the Bears ended up with Jalen Carter in – we didn't do trades. Um, and Oh, no, I lied. So, yeah, that would be my dream. Right. So that'll be my next one because we didn't do trades. I had them taking Will Anderson first overall. Uh, but um, in the dream scenario uh, of them trading down, I think that, yeah, you pick up a bunch of extra picks. You still end up with Jalen Carter because you need that three-tech along the line uh, to make this defense go. Like the two key positions on Matt Abrams' defense, three-technique, and a weak side linebacker. So those are like your two big guys that you need to build this defense in the mold of Matt Eberflus uh, and his philosophies. So you need that. I think you need some more secondary help. Uh, I think a lot of the needs come on the defensive side of the ball, which is great to have a defensive coach to oversee all of that because I think you do have – you need a number one receiver, whether you get that in the draft or you go and get a bet. Um, bets are obviously going to be very expensive, but I think it would probably be worth the investment. I haven't seen a ton of people talking about it, but I think it's worth investing in a veteran center. That's where I really think that the bears could, that could really help Justin Fields development in general, because that a good experienced veteran center is going to be able to take some of the weight off of quarterbacks. They're going to be able to take some of the work off of their plate as far as making checks and telling them what they see and all that kind of stuff and, and building up that relationship. So uh, definitely tackle as well. So I think comes down to offensive line, 
if you keep David Montgomery, you're set in the run game. Um, I Cole Komet came on really well, so I don't know that you really need to look to, to the tight ends. I think Ryan Griffin is also a good kind of backup uh, in, for what they do offensively. So offensive line help, number one receiver on offense, three tech, weak side linebacker, and some secondary help on defense. And I think if Austin Hooper became available free agents – Wise. I know a lot of people are looking at Evan Ingram. Mike Kosicki has been a name that we've discussed on this show as well. But I think I'm, I'm starting to get more inclined to think about Austin Hooper because how he would help in the run game and can help them when they're running a little bit of that 12 personnel. And we're seeing the Cowboys do that pretty effectively. Uh, we saw that they against the Buccaneers. certainly did it last night. Tight ends are really hard. Listen, tight ends are very, very hard yeah. to for. And I mean, the thing is, too, like the Cowboys were beaten. One of the, I think one of the touchdowns went to Jake Ferguson, didn't it? No, Fergie um, set up a touchdown. Fergie set up a touchdown. Yeah, that's the thing. It's like that defense, especially, and I think a lot of defenses operate this way where they're like, all right, we're going to take away your big playmakers. You're going to have to beat us with your other guys. Yeah. That's kind of what the Cowboys did. So. Very good. Yeah, that's that shows you how valuable the position is, and it'll be mm-hmm. a position of need for the Chicago Bears. Now, Carmen, you talked about a uh, a mock. Are you have, when's your next mock draft coming up? Uh, I don't know that we have it on the schedule actually, okay. but it'll probably come after the season. Okay. So we did we did one prior, you know, when the regular season ended. So I think we'll do one when after the Super Bowl when the postseason ends. Um, but yeah, I mean, right now I'm starting to dive in a lot more into the top 100 prospects and, and try and, you know, watch some, watch some tape and stuff on them and, and figure out what guys are like, have my guys around the league asking my, you know, sources, quote unquote, about like what they think about certain guys, because yes. I place a really big emphasis on what the league thinks of these guys. I don't think many people like care about my opinion and what I'm seeing on tape, right. I would much rather tell people what the league thinks about these guys. So that's kind of where my draft coverage uh, centers around. So you'll see a lot more of that coming up um, as we get further into the playoffs and eventually winding down the season. Well, very good. We are going to be checking out your current mock draft on foxsports.com. I know that was everybody's homework for this week, but of course the introductory press conference of Kevin Warren steered us into a different direction. So next week we'll really dive into some of these and we'll start thinking of some realistic uh, trade scenarios. And so continue to look at the college prospects. I will now, now that Daniel Jeremiah, uh, who is the color commentator, in addition to being one of the NFL leads draft analysts, he's the color commentator for the Chargers. So now that now that their season's over, I feel less bad about hitting him up <laughs> uh, for some information. Perhaps we'll have him join us at some point too to talk about some of these guys. But uh, we'll start diving into... More of that when, uh, yeah. So I want to thank everybody who is joining us here tonight. Thank you for uh, bearing with us as uh, we are a little bit late because, of course, once again, I was on total access this evening. And if you have not seen it, if you not recorded it, it'll be replayed tonight or the second hour will at least be replayed. So go check that out. It was really good. And I got some cool stuff online too. Uh, continue to call, follow Carmi V uh, on Twitter as well. She continues to put out excellent contact. We can see her all over the place. Uh, are you going to be on Kay Adams' show soon? Uh, perhaps. Uh, yeah. I am in L.A., so we'll see. You get Kay Adams to be on this show. Like, that's <laughs> – I'll go on her – I'll go on her show. Like, I have no problem. Not that she would want me, but listen, we'll do a home and home. But in any event, uh, we thank you for being here. Thanks to everybody for tuning in. Be sure to like and subscribe to this. Like and subscribe and rate the podcast as well. Give us a little five-star. So until next week – Bear down and Sammy, go ahead and play us out. 
And that's a wrap. Hope you don't miss us too much until next time. Follow the Sick Podcast with Adam Rank on YouTube, Instagram, Facebook, Google Play, and Apple Podcasts. Brought to you by Underdog Fantasy.